Welcome back to another episode of Two Woods and Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. My name is Michael, and as always, I'm sat here with my cousin Will. Oh, mate, it feels like a while since we've done this. Obviously, we had a little bit of a break off. How's uh, how's things? Talk to me. What's uh, what's new in your world? It has been a while because we last did that one on Thursday, ahead of like a halfway through like a, a bye week. So it has been a while. Um, a lot's happened. I've been busy. I've just got back from Manchester today. We had a a meeting in our UK head office, sales marketing meeting for next year, which was pretty cool. Had some cool guest speakers. Jurgen Klopp was there. Laura Woods. Oh, sick. Pretty, pretty cool, yeah. Um, but I'm absolutely shattered, mate. I was working on a Sunday <laughs> all day. I've been travelling to and from Manchester, and now I'm absolutely knackered. But happy to be sat on a sofa doing this for once, talking to you off the back of a huge, huge result on Friday night. What about yourself? Big weekend, big week. How have you been? Uh, yeah, big weekend for sure. Um, let myself go a little bit on Saturday. Um, uh, Friday, I was very sensible, actually. I had a school fixture Saturday morning, so I was very, very sensible on Friday night. I didn't drink. Um, I was very, very controlled. Uh, my emotions all over the place, obviously, after the game. And then, yeah, Saturday, I had my first game of hockey back, clean sheet, and got, well, steaming. <laughs> yeah. But that was good. Um, look, we've got so much to talk about, discuss. The emotions are still just getting kicked left, right and centre. We'll start with, I don't know, bits of news, things that have happened in the last week or so since we've caught up again. Um, a little bit of news actually from this morning. We're recording on on the Monday night. Um, I've just bought my big game tickets. So that'll be you good. Always the best day of the year, in my opinion. It's the, it's the greatest day of the year, me and my mates. It's so good. How many did you get? So I've got me and my two housemates that I've roped into season tickets this year that sit with me. And then I've got three, uh, four others coming, so there's a group of seven with us. Strong. Really and it's good, actually, because obviously with our season tickets, the ticket's free, and then you get an additional ticket at 25% off per membership. So for the boys that are coming, we've got pretty good seats, actually. We went for like the £40 seats, but we're like second tier, sort of on the corner slightly towards the middle. But the It doesn't really matter where you are at Twickers, does it? You've yeah, I, I said that. And also big that. games more about the day out anyway, isn't it? I think I think we'll be in for a treat with Northampton because they like to chuck it about as well. And obviously we're we're putting on a show every week at the moment. So I think it'll be great, a great day out. That's good. I didn't realise you got 25% off because yeah. my challenge I always have is obviously you and I are big Quinns fans, but my mates are more sort of general rugby fans or they've got sort of a loose foot in another camp, whether it be Saris or Wasps or whoever. So getting them to come along isn't always the easiest sell. So to be able to get a discounted price for them is probably quite good. Yeah, and also we got the, the return of the double header this year for league points rather than when it was yeah almost the last time we were there. It was a, it was a double header just but the women just played um, Leinster and you know a sort of invitational friendly sort of style game. So yeah, league points on the line this year uh, for the women, which is great. Yeah, um, but yeah, the seats we got are like neck like they're an aisle either side of where the seventy pound seat starts. So it should be pretty good. Um, and the boys Crazy, are obviously how the, a matter of meters can make a thirty pound difference. Yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around that. But yeah, so the boys that are coming are going to pay well they. I've got, I've got now. I'll do the hard bit about chasing the cash because I've put it all on my card. Um, so yeah, they've uh, they've got to send me. I think thirty five quid. I think it is between between well each for four people. It's not pretty not pretty good going. But yeah, that'll be good. So that was a little bit of news that came out this week. Um, another bit of news, sort of around the festive period, was the release of some European dates. We big have big away days. They're back. They're the back. European away days back. 
been speaking about this for a while, haven't we? We've got Castra. We have. And I think I've said it before, it's on the Sunday after I break up for the Christmas holidays. So Sunday the 12th of December, yeah. So unfortunately, for those that have got to be at work on Monday morning, I don't have that problem. So I might make a little long weekend of it and extend it into Monday or Tuesday, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, so what I'd done is I'd originally booked, because when the fixtures came out, I thought, oh, but the Friday's off, get over on the Friday. And then the Sunday fixture came out, I was like, oh, for God's sake, haven't put the Monday off. (laughs) So I've just swapped my Friday for the Monday. So I'm all covered there. Next job is to look at flights and, and Airbnbs or hotels. And I won't lie, I've had a little look and Castro is not the most popular tourist destination so <laughs> finding flights is hard enough finding affordable flights is even harder and Airbnb seems to be non-existent in the center of Castro it seems to be a good 10 miles perimeter around it so we'll have to figure out some kind of solution now I imagine all the Quinns fans have booked it up already and that's probably why we'll get we'll get on the phone to Quinza see what we can do yeah absolutely we'll have to talk to talk to Quinza well I'm, you actually made a really good point Airbnb still owes 160 quid don't they so from my little Gibraltar trip, yes. so long. Yeah, yes, so that was under sixty quid. Long story short, Will and I booked some holidays, or booked a holiday very briefly to, or very spontaneously, I should say, to Gibraltar. Um, the Airbnb booking didn't go through. We then ended up booking a hotel that's about the same price, but the um, the refund was non-existent. I've been chasing them for about a month. Actually, it's been off my radar. Bastard. I need to fo- follow that up and actually get um get a refund. Imagine we get like a free little Airbnb in Castro as a, as well, a refund. Yeah, That'd even if it's not that, I reckon you can get a pretty handy one in Cardiff. We've got Cardiff on <laughs> yeah. Friday the 14th of January and that is very, very doable. Jump on a quick two-hour train to Cardiff after work or maybe duck off slightly early or even take a half day. Get an Airbnb down there, which is far more realistic um, and have a big night out in Cardiff. London boys, we are here. <laughs> <laughs> Big night at Cardiff. Uh, uh, London boys up. in Cardiff. <laughs> but yeah, no, we need to need to get our ducks in a row, don't we? And start plotting yeah. that out and making some plans. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll um, we'll get on that. Obviously, it's going to be, I think, for me, an end of the month job. I've just spent a fair bit of the weekend, etc. Um, I actually bought myself a new bit of stash actually the weekend. I don't know if you can see behind me. Oh, it's just fallen down. Um, those of us watching on the YouTube, I went in the shop on Friday night. And the ocean the plastic one. Blue, the ocean plastic one, the uh, the blue was on sale. Well, it was on sort of reduced. It was only 30 quid. And I thought, you know what? 30 quid. That's 30 banging. quid, yeah. I know. I've got a nice little collection building now. That's great. Um, so I bought that and I was so tempted. I even called you at the time. I forgot you were obviously away yeah. sorting out housing stuff. I called you because the pink vests... We're in the shop. I've seen them on Level Rugby. They've listed them on Level Rugby now. I'm going to have to invest. I'm still waiting for that blue T-shirt. That's my number one priority. That blue training tee looks amazing. But if I have to wait too much longer, I'm going to cash in and get the vest first. But um, just on the topic of those away days, yesterday I was at work uh, adding our city runs, which is like a one-hour run where people sign up. And they, they were running around the Emirates Stadium, which is pretty cool. Um, and we've got this community called Adidas Runners. And what they do is at the start of the race, they sort of let off these flares and start running with the flares. It looks amazing. If you Google like city runs or anything like that, you'll see all these photos of like this crowd of runners coming towards the camera, holding these flares. It looks unreal. A bit like Braveheart. Um, <laughs> but I was there on Sunday and the team that were managing the event said, we can't let off the flares because we're by a stadium. So we're not allowed to do it. And we'll get in serious trouble if we do it. And we were capturing content. I was like, that flare could come in handy. Like, can we have it? And they were like, yeah, but you'll probably get a slap on the wrist if you let it off. 
and I was thinking, oh yeah, I'll, I'll pretend I'm going to use it for content. That is coming for the away day with me. We're letting off flares in the away end at Castro or Cardiff. It's going to be big. It's a purple one, so not one of our colours. But then again, we've got all the colours, haven't we? So we're Castro going big on the purple. away days. The Castro playing purple? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, me neither. it'll work. We'll probably be in a away strip, pink and purple. That's true. I don't know. Well, it's happening you... either way because I don't know when else I'm going to use it. Well, if it's European time, we'll be in the old blue and black, won't we? Come on. Yeah, big time. Looking forward to that. Um, other than that, sort of in and around the club, I feel like it's been a quiet-ish week because everything's been leading towards Bristol on the Friday night. Um, well, the double header Bristol, you know, Friday, Saturday. Um, one bit of like local news, which I think is really, really cool for us to talk about, is Queen's Amateurs Rugby Club. Um, I've had this sort of small connection with them because I play my cricket at Hampton Week Cricket Club, which is where they now have their rugby base. And I think it was Wednesday night um, last week. Our, our lad, Tabai Matson went down and did a coaching session with him. Well, actually, even before that, um, the club were doing this sort of um, trophy tour with, you know, inside the community and going to his local rugby clubs. And they had it the week before or the weekend before last. Um, both the trophies down there on the minis morning. And they had the great and the good down there. They had Laurie, Marcus, Jess Breach, Lewis Liner, Archie White. Um, Ellie Green was really there. Big I'm, name. Sh- I'm sure I'm going to miss someone. I think El Blore was there. I'm going to miss someone else, which is really bad. But so- they were all down there, you know, doing it. Um, and then Tabai went down and did a coaching session with him on Wednesday. Um, and I messaged one of the boys and I said, oh, mate, how was it? And he's like, look, unbelievable bloke. Loves the grassroots stuff. Just genuine. Loved it. Stopped and had a pint of Guinness with him in the bar afterwards. And they said it was fantastic. And they've got a box... Um, in the, in the stoop so they've invited me um and obviously you by by default by default so, uh, <laughs> yeah. well they usually whenever it. they usually whenever they see me obviously because we haven't had showers and stuff on the cricket club whenever they see me i'm still head to toe and white with zinc on my face at 10 a.m with a pint of my at 12 10 p.m with a pint in my hand so i'll have to be a little bit more respectful if i'm going to be turning up at the stoop but yeah they said it was they said he was amazing just like the bloke and the way he was and the way that he engaged with them and then obviously you know giving them his time to stop and have a chat in the bar afterwards and have a, have a pint. They just said it was sick. Yeah, he comes across really well in his interviews as well. I mean, we, we haven't spoken to him yet. haven't seen him in the flesh, but he just gives me confidence in the fact as a person, he seems really easygoing and he feels like the perfect kind of fit for our club from a playing point of view, but then also from a, a personal point of view and um, in terms of being personable, being approachable, um, being realistic um, I think he comes across incredibly well and I think he understands Quinn's. I think he understands that the DNA of the club is within its community and, and within the way that he interacts with the local community and by going down and running these sessions. I don't think it can be underestimated how important that is. These young kids will remember this. Mm. They're premiership champions coming down to the local club, getting a session from premiership champions like... I remember when I was playing age group rugby and I think Tring were a Wasps club at one point and then we were moved to like a Saris club and we used to have players come down and, and hold a session every now and then. I remember it incredibly well. Like that for me was was really important. And in terms of building long-term advocation with a sports club, that's how you do it. And we talk about how the average age of a Quinns fan is, I think about 47 or there was some kind of research like that. The way you get young fans to to stick around with the club is to give them these experiences they won't forget and that is exactly one of them they've just been 
coached by Tabai Matson, who's been there, done it. He's done it all over the world. And then they've been coached by Marcus Smith, who's a British and Irish Lion. They've been coached by Lewis Liner, who's breaking through into England and just won the Premiership. It's like they've been coached by Jeff Breach, who's like won the Six Nations, Grand Slams, Premier 15s. It's like this is, you can't underestimate this. And it's amazing to see it get so well supported on social media as well, because sometimes those things go under the radar and they just do it and it feels like they're ticking a box. But Quinn's really got behind it and, and really put it out on their socials and, and made sure that that association was clear for, for every viewer to see. So, no, I, I love seeing things like that. And I think it's really great they did it. And I hope it continues. I'm sure it's not realistic to be able to do things like that every week. And I know they're very good at supporting the community. And if there's an injured player or if someone's not involved that week, they're usually up to something. But to be able to see that as a fan on the socials, I think it's important as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think you make a really good point about, I mean, obviously it is cliche, but because it's so true, you know, that's young kids meeting the heroes, inspiring those kids to stick with rugby. You know, everyone says football and other sports, blah, blah, blah. And rugby doesn't survive without grassroots clubs. Um, so, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, it, you know, for uh, for some of this, a very, very, very small connection to Quinn's Ams, it was quite cool seeing them all down there. So, yeah, well done to everyone down there. Looked like a quality couple of days for them. And, uh, yeah, all the very best for the rest of their season. I think they've actually got a big home game for their ones and I'm going to try and get the date right. In my on top of my head, I think it's the 16th. So if you're in and around the Hampton Wick, KTW, KT area, head down and see the boys play. Shall we move on to some rugby? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk what was an amazing Friday night and probably not just something that we've been craving for as Quinns fans, but something that rugby has been crying out for yeah. for so long was an absolute spectacle on and off the pitch. Go on. Give me your thoughts. You were there. You're in the South stand. Was it rocking? Was it the cop? Well, it was, obviously it was better. Obviously it was better. It was going to be better because of the game, but mate, obviously you weren't there because of X, Y, Z. It was, it was a strange sort of, approach to the game because obviously the first home game we were, I was in Twickenham early I was meeting people we we're having a drink we we're meeting up with you we we're doing this doing that but because it was a Friday night I, I got home about six o'clock from work I had a really sort of short snappy turnaround got straight on the bus um I didn't even I didn't stop for beer obviously I wasn't drinking I went straight down to the soup and you know got in the ground pretty early got the I went in the shop for a little bit I had um, some food and I was in my seat about half an hour or so before kickoff and I was standing on the side watching the boys warm up and then obviously they start making announcements about Robbo being there at half time um, they made the announcement you know they made it quite sort of poignant on the speaker system get in your seat 10 minutes before kickoff we've got something pretty special and I'm thinking okay yeah light show that'd be pretty sweet but mate it was so sick unbelievable it was so sick to be there yeah, and I've like I took some videos that I didn't. Obviously, we'll we'll bash out on social media as and when. But mate, it was just like, and I don't really know how to describe it. It just felt so sick. Electricity in the air, a real yeah. buzz. Like just watching it on TV was like, you think about American sport and how they go overkill on everything. There's light shows. Yeah. There's like huge sound fireworks. The red hours and like they get criticised for it for being over the top and. Actually, I think we're stubborn in our ways in the UK and probably more so in rugby is that we need to embrace that kind of thing because that's what attracts non-rugby fans to a Friday night game 
is the event and the spectacle. And the light show was incredible. The fireworks were amazing. The team running out while the fireworks were going off was wicked. And I just think we got it so right. And I saw Laurie Dalrymple's tweet the next yeah. day saying, if we're 100%. going to be premiership champions, we need to act like premiership champions. And we're doing it properly. Yeah. And we're making a spectacle on and off the pitch. It's an amazing place to be. It's an amazing atmosphere to soak up. And I just hope we've got plenty more Friday night games in the calendar because I'd love to be there in person for something like that. It felt a bit like a big game. You had Rob Shaw coming out yeah. at halftime, getting, he yeah. was like the entertainment. Everyone was yeah. in their seats, giving him the reception. Before the game, you had all the fireworks displays and the lights. The players on the pitch were giving it their all. And after the game, it's the classic go around the pitch, interact with people and drinks and DJs and everything. I think it was amazing. And I think, I don't know how it works in terms of budgets and costs. I can't imagine it's cheap, but that is the kind of night that's going to attract people back for more week in, week out. And I can't, I can't say it enough that I want it to continue and I want to be there for one of them. I mean, obviously the other thing that attracts new fans, old fans, more fans is the way that we play. Now we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the game a little bit more, but yeah, the Robshaw thing was really weird actually, because I was sitting there and my housemate was sitting next to me and Mike Bova was interviewing Rob at half time. And I was sitting there watching it going like, we've spoken, we've spoken to both these people. Like how cool is yeah. that? And then, like, I was, it was just so sick. And like the, well, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes wasn't a great reflection of what the atmosphere promised. But no, yeah, it, 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 it was brilliant. And like fair play to Bristol. They, they obviously like fully embraced it. Also, I was following their Twitter um, beforehand. Obviously, Stephen Luatua, um pulled, yeah. up, in, pulled up in the Dropped warm-up, which, which was pretty big for us. But they were like on on their on their Twitter. They were like, "Look, this is this is class. Like this is this is a sick atmosphere for for people to play." And Friday night after work, early in the year, two of the best sides in the league, and obviously the storyline behind that from last year's semi final. It just had all the makings of everything that you wanted. It had all the everything. ingredients. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. I also think with a Friday night game, you get the eyeballs of every single fan from every yes. single Premiership club tuning in. If it's a Saturday, I don't think you yeah. watch too many other games. If it's a Sunday, you probably don't watch all the games. But that one fixture on a Friday night is when you get probably the best viewers for your team. And all okay. I saw on Twitter was people like David Flatman saying I'm a Quinns fan now, Rugby Inside Line, who were obviously very outspoken about being Saints fans, saying, sorry, Saints, but I'm going to have to get a season ticket at Quinns. This kind of thing. It's like, we have got this amazing product of rugby that everyone is excited about. But to be able to convert people to come and sit on a seat in that stadium live, I think it needed that spectacle and that off-pitch entertainment, which is exactly what we did. I think it'd be such a shame if we had this amazing product that Quinns fans like were lapping up and and in awe of, but it didn't go any further than that. So I think it's a real credit to the club, the way that they went about their work on Friday. And I, as I say, I think Friday is such an important fixture for the rugby calendar and I'm sure other clubs will get their opportunity. We're not, we've got another game sale this week, obviously, obviously not our own home game, but I think I won't be travelling up. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they come across on TV and, and what they get up to on, on their Friday night fixture. It's such a, a well-made point. I've never seen, obviously, the way the game panned out, you know, speaks for itself. But the the eyes of all, the eyes of the rugby world in this country were on Quinns on that Friday night. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, Bath Bites, who the um, yeah, our version of you know, rugby Quinns, they were tweeting us saying, boys, how lucky are you to be doing this? And, you know, 
like you said, I think, you know, Rugby Inside Line, David Flatman, all these sort of rugby sort of channels and people. And even I saw a little snippet of the um, the BT Sport um, production with Brian O'Driscoll saying that he was sat at home on a Friday night cooking a steak in his kitchen and was watching it and was saying, you know, he was down at his golf club on the uh, next day and talk, people were talking about the rugby and people who had lost faith in it over the summer and the Lions and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And almost, you know, the way we're now almost, well, the way he put it, was restoring faith in rugby. Now, we could wax lyrical about how great we are for so long, but let's actually talk about the game. Yeah, let's And it's such a hard thing to digest because there is so much going on. And I think I text you quite early on in the day. I said, I want to try and make some more coherent notes while I'm at the game. Obviously not sat in my seat glued to my phone, but I want to try and make some actual, you know, structured notes to them when we do this i can actually talk about it with a little bit of you know, coherence and you know order and structure and that was gone after the first 10 minutes i was sitting on my phone going oh god like we've given away a couple of opportunities we've been you know marched back 10 they've scored twice you know they've came to play they've two tries clear and it almost felt like all of a sudden they they're 20 points up and it's it's happening again and you know they they quite clearly came to play they were you know relatively expansive we butchered a couple of opportunities early in the game um you know at the breakdown and then we turned around and it's 14-0 and then they went and scored again Henry Purdy scored an excellent try um he got his just desserts later on in the game after Andre tapped him on the head and bundled him across the line but yeah it, it was weird and then obviously you know the big story of the, the evening as well other than the um, how do I put this? Other than the, you know, background of the semi-final and everything that happened since then was obviously Marcus being back in the squad, and I genuinely felt gutted for Tommy Allen when yeah. he went down because I imagine no matter how the game was going, um, we he, he maybe a half time if it had stayed how it was, he probably would have come off in the 50th minute and Marcus would have had the last half an hour, but as it panned out, you know, he goes down with the HIA. Obviously, that's tremendously unfortunate for him. But the golden boy, the magic man, obviously then enters the fray. And like he's everything never changed. It was like he'd never been away. And everything changed. And it was it was ridiculous. And then we scored before half-time, right in the corner in front of where I sit. And you just felt something. You just felt a little, a little, a little glimmer of something. And then obviously, you know, half-time comes... And I didn't really have time to sort of take it all in because obviously Robbo came out and I wanted to make sure I was engaged with that and listening to him. And then I don't even know how to describe the second half. I mean, obviously you watched it on TV. Is there anything that you can, you know? Yeah, it was crazy to watch on TV. It was totally crazy. 45 points in a single half. Most teams in our league don't score 45 points in a single game, let alone 40 minutes. So it almost felt like men v boys at times. And I've read a lot and I've looked at it many times and people say the way that we play just absolutely killed Bristol and they were, they looked tired. But a lot of people have been saying it was the breakdown. And I think it was. We, we absolutely killed them at the breakdown. We were turning balls over. We weren't giving them a sniff. We were quick. We were sharp. We weren't giving them a chance to, to get set. And I think that was where the second half really got away from them. Funny how Alex Dombrand, after the game, man of the match, in his interview, echoed Danny Kerr's statement from earlier in the week saying... Nobody gives us a chance to go back to back. Even after that result on Friday night, nobody gives us a chance still. Nobody thinks we can do it. And it's ridiculous because as a fan, we're 
us both two of the most passionate fans, two of the most confident fans in our team. But even at that point, it's crazy how I was doubting whether we were going to come back and win that game. I was doubting whether we had what it takes to go back to back. And they've just proven us wrong so consistently, despite how unconvincing that opening period was. If they believe in themselves, which they clearly do, and we do to an extent as fans, because you're not in that bubble every day where it's just win, 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 train hard. We believe in ourselves. Let, let's be the best. As a fan, you just see the end product. And it's crazy how much even we will write them off or even we will not always back them when the back's against the wall. The semi-final at Bristol, half-time, I thought we were dead and buried. This game on Friday night, I didn't think we were dead and buried, but I thought they're too good to let it happen again. It's it's an upward curve for them now. They're just growing into their season. And yet, that man, Lewis Liner, you can back him to score every week. Like, go stick some money on it can't now. Stop he'll, scoring. he'll score every week. Um, Cannot stop scoring. He scored two again. All I want to know is, is when is he going to get a hat-trick? Because he's starting to slack. He's he's getting comfy on two tries. He needs to up it and try and get that hat-trick because he, he's getting too comfortable bagging twice every week. Um, and then, as you say, the second half can't be described in enough superlatives. It was it was remarkable to watch. And I don't even think that's just a view as a Quinns fan. I think that's all rugby fans all over Twitter. It was just incredible. And as you say, trying to break it down and make notes, just watching was so difficult. So what I've done is I've, I've pulled out player performances. And I'll echo what you said about Marcus Smith. It's like the kid's never been away. Him and Don Brandt just read the game differently. They're like fortune tellers. They can see what's going to happen five seconds before everybody else. It's like they can see into the future. They know exactly what's coming. They can pick the space like nobody in the league at the moment. We're going to lose both of them in the autumn. They're both going to be gone with England. No doubt about that. If they're listening, I don't know if they will be, but they need to drop us a DM, give us this week's lottery numbers. They are just that far ahead of <laughs> everybody. They can see things before anyone else can see them. Those two on Friday night were exceptional. Um, and I think Alex Dombran is... I saw the interview that Ben Kay gave, and I think Tabai Matson was present as well, talking about how like, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder number eight. And I just think all of this stereotyping with body shape is getting a little bit unnecessary and it I know is. he meant it in a positive way and it was how he was if anything he was praising Alex and how he's he's street smart his decision making he's still incredibly fit and nippy um but then you like just look at the event on the Saturday night we haven't even talked about someone like a Tyson Fury and Deontay yeah. Wilder. stick those two side by side who's the boxer who's the heavyweight champion if you don't know anything about boxing nine times out of ten you're picking Deontay Wilder so I think that just goes to show that that's all irrelevant. It's the top two inches that make you an unbelievable player. And he's certainly got that. Um, carrying on our list of, of players, who do you yeah. want to talk about next? I've got loads that I think were outstanding, naturally, when you and, put 45 points for the team. And th this is what's quite a, a difficult way to break down this game is because there was so much going on. And like I said, I tried to make some sort of relatively coherent notes on my phone, but after the after halftime, it just took it completely out the window. Obviously, Marcus, obviously, you know, Domers, Andre was like relentless. And you, you made a really good point about the breakdown. It wasn't always our forwards winning the ball. Caden Murley stole one off the base, off, off, off our own try line. He was exceptional. Tyrone Green nicked one off the, Tyrone Green nicked one off the floor. Andre nicked two. one off the floor. And that just, it just, like, 
it just snaps us straight into gear. We get the ball back in a situation where they're meant to be going forward. And then we just got so much to go forward at them. They can't can't keep hold of it. They can't keep hold of us. Um, yeah, Caden was exceptional. I actually had like a very brief conversation with him on his way around after the game. And I was like, mate, we didn't get the J-Leagues. We didn't get it. He's like, I oh, know, brother, I know. Like next week, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> There's a couple of times he was like going in or going close. And then obviously either got tackled or gave the ball away or gave the ball up or passed, I should say. He was brilliant. Um, I actually thought Luke Northman was fantastic when he came on. Um, scored Never the write try him off. Put, Never scored write the try that put us ahead. And I think it was a big call, actually, to keep him in the squad ahead of Hugh Jones. I think that was yeah. a pretty big call midweek. Certainly repaid his faith. I mean, Scott Steele's try, try the season, ruled out for a forward pass. Straight from the kickoff, Northmore, snake hips, beats a gap, beats two, offload, offload back inside. You know, he was excellent when he came on. Um, the scrum was going in reverse. Okay, the one moment we need to discuss. Will Collier... King Collier, Carlos Spencer, three players with a dummy. What a moment. So good. So good. You actually nailed it earlier on as well when you mentioned Caden Murley because I saw his interview after the game and how they all train in the week to be able to deliver for any position that they may crop up in. Um, so like you mentioned, Caden on the line making a turnover, Andre hitting rucks and making turnovers as well. They all prepare to be able to fill a, ro a role at any time. It's very much a squad effort, a team of players that can serve their purpose no matter what they're asked of. And then you throw in Will Collier. I don't know how many times he would have trained for that, but apparently they all train for all outcomes. And him popping up on the wing outside, throwing that dummy and then trotting over from about 30 metres or so out, wasn't it? it? was exceptional. One for the, the front row club, my front row union. Um, and Tabai Matson said he's probably going to get booted out of it for that as well because that is outrageous behaviour. There's no way you can stay in a hey, club like that. Sold three of them. Sold three <laughs> of them. The Harry company. Randall was one of them, wasn't he? One of them, yeah. Oh, so ridiculous. Always... 15 people on Bristol, 14 lads on our side, one Marcus and everyone else. He's the only person in the ground that saw that. 100%. Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe Alex Dombrant, because again, he's a fortune teller and you should stick your lottery numbers on on any of his recommendations. But yeah, I just think Marcus is a joke. I just think he's he's the future of rugby. He's he's our next superstar and he's a very grounded individual. And I think he could be rugby's messy. I really think he could be rugby's messy. Someone made this point to me during the week. You know, I think I saw it on Twitter a while ago. Does rugby have its messy? Does it have its Ronaldo? You know, I remember um, James Haskell making a comment on um, Good Bad Rugby a while ago about, you know, Johnny Wilkinson had that capacity because of the sort of aura that he had and the way that he conducted himself. But because of the era that we lived in, you know, social media wasn't a thing. Yeah. He was a pretty quiet guy. Marcus has that ability to go and be that person. 100%. If he's given the right tools at international level, like, you know, there aren't enough superlatives to talk about the way he plays and the way he is and just what he's doing at the minute. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, I mean... Without a doubt, mate. There's a couple of players there as well that you touched on what I want to talk about a little bit more. And one of them is Andre Esterhazen. I, I swear to God, he eats nails for breakfast. He's, he's a machine on the pitch. He just doesn't take a backward step. I'm just thoroughly enjoying the shithousery that he started to add to his game. <laughs> if there's ever a player that's allowed to get away with it, it's him. Yeah. Um, and that try he scored in the corner, he obviously made eye contact with Purdy, still a good seven or eight metres out. Purdy fancied it. 
went in for the shoulder charge, which if someone went in for a shoulder charge on me, I wouldn't be happy about either. He still managed to win that collision. Well, they exploded off each other, really, didn't they? Got up, gave him a little tap on the head, which he hated, mm. but he deserved every single little bit of it. I'm surprised that didn't get looked at because it was 100% a shoulder charge. Yeah. But I'm loving this side of Andre where I think he's realised how good he actually is now and he's willing to start to get in people's heads and be more confrontational. And if he gets the ball and he's about to carry it, I think he'll say to himself, I'm winning this. Or he'll look at his opponent and just say, stop me. In the same way that we said Lewis Liner last week when he scored his try, um, or two weeks ago now when we didn't have our bye week, he just put his head down and said, stop me. And no one could do it. I think that epitomises the confidence the lads are playing with right now. And so good to see Andre in a slightly different light to what we've probably seen in the past. And then the other man he mentioned... Caden Murley, the dark horse, doesn't get enough plaudits, doesn't get enough credit. He, he won't was score the tries. sensational. He won't score the tries every single week like Lewis Liner does on the other wing. But the work ethic he puts yeah. in to get about the pitch, the balance he's got in the contact, and there's a key element he's added to his game, not necessarily the decision-making, but the offloads. The amount of tries we score, which he's assisted in or been a part of the attack, by picking the right pass at the right time and executing it. He's a real key player. And I think he'll become a fan favourite incredibly quickly because of his love for the club, his enthusiastic yeah. interviews, and just the, the sweat he leaves in the shirt every single week. He's definitely gone up in my estimation. So, yeah, as you say, you, you've got to respect a player like that. He's, he works phenomenally hard. And, and as a fan, you couldn't ask any more of, of one of your players. There was one really cool thing with him, actually. When Marcus hit that little cross kick after the ball spilled out, Obviously, landed in Caden's hands. And I think he was up against Yoan Lloyd, who is no slouch. Yoan Lloyd is quick. Wheels. Caden just did him with like a little shake of the hips. He looks like sharper, a, doesn't he? He just looked like a little drop of the shoulder. Beat him on the outside. Ball comes back in and we go and score. He was brilliant. And I think yeah. um, Dave Rogers actually texted him after the game saying, defensively, he's coming on you know leaps and bounds. Never seen Mr. Tackle, winning breakdowns. You know, he's he's... He's brilliant. Love he's it, a love stocky winger, isn't he? He's a stocky yeah, he winger, but he's got exceptional balance, as you yeah. say, the way he was able to beat Lloyd in that in that instance with just a little shimmy of the hips and be able to maintain that speed, that agility, I think is a real asset that I haven't seen too much in the past. So good to see him developing well. Um, I, hope his, um, I hope those snake hips of his show him and good to see when he's doing some uh, Michael Jackson dancing. For his, <laughs> his, 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 yeah, hopefully we don't see that for... Um, well, I guess we do want to see that, don't we? We yeah. do want to see that. Um, another player in the back three who doesn't get enough credit wow. for the living for nightmare. Certain facets of his game. I think Tyrone Green gets plenty of credit and quite rightly so, but he's a much smarter player than people mm. take him for. I think he's incredibly smart. I think the decisions he makes in terms of when to run, when to kick, which way to run, when to offload, when to make a support line, it's, he's not all wheels. He's not all electricity. He's a real smart player. And I think that's so important when you lose a player like Mike Brown at fullback and the way he's managed to slot in. And dare I say that we, we haven't missed Brownie. I uh, think I it's, so. it's testament to not only his electricity and the excitement he brings, but the assuredness and confidence that he instills in that team by just being solid and knowing what to do and when to do it. I think that's where he gets underestimated. He's a really smart player. I tell you what, though, he is also absolute wheels. Yeah, he's a crude decision maker with yeah. fire on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. It's insane. I mean, this is the thing: we could sit here and just 
bang on all night and it's so hard it's, it's so hard not to because it was such an amazing sort of thing to watch and, and take in but yeah it, it was it was so good it yeah. was so 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 good unbelievable From, i don't think we expected it to be that good we took our predictions you went for a high scoring one i was we pretty went, close you were well we were both seven we both predicted a seven point swing in favor of quids but yeah. you obviously went for the highest score line so i think you won the prediction last week well done mate and that right. leaves us sat on 15 out of 15 points the yeah. only team in the league on maximum points and one of two teams, the other being Leicester, to be undefeated. The last defeat we had was away at Sale and our next opponent is away at Sale. We'll talk about that shortly. There was another Quinns v Bristol fixture at the weekend on Saturday. Harlequins mm-hmm. women v Bristol Bears women. A bit of um, a bit of old foes, I suppose, or I guess old relationships turned into foes with Dave Ward returning to the club as head coach of Bristol and Abby Ward and Leanne Riley, who he poached from us also returning. Yeah. So they got the better of us on this occasion. It was, uh, it was a frustrating one. It was a frustrating one because going into this season, the, f- the season we had last year, the signings that we'd made and the strength and depth we had now, and to be able to see the back three that we put out for the first time with, mm. Cowell on one wing, Breach on one wing, Kill Dunn at fullback. I was like, wow. Like yeah. the standard of that back three is just through the roof. Like Mega. we've got an international back three playing for our club. That's that's ridiculous. But it just didn't click. It didn't work out that way. And we ended up taking a bit of a beating in the end. I don't know what your thoughts were on it. And I don't know whether it's the time to, to panic or anything yet, but I still think there's a long way to go in the season. We've still got a few to return from injury. We didn't get the bounce back from Exeter that we wanted. We've taken another L at home. Bristol coming up to the Premier 15's champions and turning us over is is a bit of a reality check, I think. But I think I'm right in saying, and you mentioned it to me, there's a little break now because with the Autumn Internationals, the Women's League stops because so many of the players from the top teams represent national sides. Whereas I think obviously with the men's side, it, it the club game continues. But... I wonder if that's going to benefit us having a bit of time off now. I think it's about time we we take a step back and reset maybe. Yeah, I mean, there just seems to be a little bit of discourse in in, in what's happening. It's just not quite clicking. Definitely not time to set reason, you know, hit the panic button. We've got not just class, we've got world class mm. in our squad. So definitely, definitely no time to start, you know, making wholesale changes and panicking. Um we we didn't get the home bounce back. I mean, I, you know, we beat Gloucester Hartbury last week in a bit of a smash and grab. I think it's fair to say, um, you know, we, they they Gloucester led for most of the game. We we sort of came back in the last few. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. That that back three of you know Cal Breach and Kill Dunn is unbelievably exciting. But yeah, it just didn't. We just didn't quite get going. Um, I've not. I didn't get to watch the game in full because I was playing at the same time. But on this, you jumped back on my phone and saw the score afterwards. And it just, I don't know, just something's just not quite clicking at the minute. But like you say, it's a long season and we've got a break now. I think the next game's in a couple of weeks up at DMP. Um, you know, don't want to look past any opponent at the top level of sport, but you'd think that'd be a, a comfortable-ish win. Obviously, yeah. nothing, nothing's, nothing's given, nothing's granted. Um maybe there'll be some changes in terms of, you know, 
giving a few people a run out, giving a couple of people a chance to impress. A couple of people might earn a start when maybe they wouldn't otherwise. Especially with internationals. And with the internationals, of course, you know, you don't want to run the internationals into the ground when they've got, you know, the internationals coming up in what's a really important time for the women's rugby calendar. I think I saw actually during the week that some of the, well, all of the matches are going to be on the BBC, which is, you know, more eyes on the game. That's fantastic, isn't it? So that's great. And you don't want to, they, well, I'm sure they want to play. Of course they want to play. But, you know, if there's anything lingering, a small niggle, a slight, you know, saw this, you know, they won't want to smash themselves into the ground before you know, the big the big chance to play play for England. So we'll see. There's there's loads of rugby to be played. And yeah, look, Bristol are obviously a, a, a clearly a good size. They've won four out of their four, top of the league. Yeah. They've got some they've got some excellent players, some ex Quins as well, which obviously is probably why they're doing as well as they are. Um but it's yeah, the fixture we'll we need, isn't it? And yeah. you're right, I've I'd forgotten about the, the last gasp win last week. It's not back to back defeats for us. We managed to no, to, to win unconvincingly, but that's not the point. The point is we got the win. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably good that we get a little bit of a break. Internationals can go into that environment of, of elite rugby and, and try and try and sort of shake off the, the cobwebs which seem to be lingering over us at the minute. And if there's ever a fixture to come back and try and get five points in, it's that DMP game. I just think about the best teams in the league and you think about the final last year. And the pivotal positions in rugby in terms of controlling the game and, and and the pace of it and the tempo and where you play it, that Premiership final, Saracens have got Zoe Harrison who should be starting ten for England in the Autumn Internationals and she's going to be England fly half for a long time. We had Leanne Riley at nine who was pivotal for us in that final, pinning back Saracens, controlling the yeah. tempo of the game. We've obviously lost her. It's like that position is perhaps underestimated. The fact that we lost Leanne Riley is probably underestimated. We obviously replaced like for like when we lost Abby Ward and Leanne Riley with Rosie Gallagher and Emma Swords, both from Saracens, both top players. Maybe Leanne Riley is, is a bigger loss than we think because she was so, so good, world-class level at just controlling the game. And other teams have got that and perhaps that's what we're lacking. We'll see. We've got plenty of time to put it right. We've also still got plenty of people to come back from injury. You know, Sarah Beckett's a, you know, a world a world class red rose. She'll be back. Rachel Burford's on the mend. You know, Jess Breed's obviously not clearly at absolute full fitness yet. Um, yeah, and know, uh, we've we've had some new signings. You know, we haven't seen. I think it was Beth Blacklock's first start for the club um, at the weekend. You know, they'll they'll Rosie Gallagher's been I think excellent since she's since she's arrived. Obviously missed out at the weekend as well. It will come. It will come. I mean. Put it this way, we made a not a joke. We made a comment on the podcast a few weeks ago about putting fifty quid on them to win the Premiership. I still, if, if, if someone can find me a betting website where they're they're accepting um, long term bets to the Allianz Fifteens, I'd still be putting fifty quid on us to win the Premiership at the end of the year. I'd still back it. Yeah, it's a long season, a long season, and I think we're the best side in the league when we're you know playing well when we're at full strength and at crunch time we'll be there. I've got no doubt. Compare it to our men's men's team last season. Yeah. Where were we this time last season? We were dead and buried, really. And right around January, we're we're even more dead and buried, and we managed to turn it around. So we've we've got a strong squad. We're in a good place, and we've got plenty of time to put it right and start firing all cylinders. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, look, maybe we'll um we'll leave the rugby for there now. Obviously, the double header weekend that we we wanted didn't quite turn out in the way for both sides. Our women will come good. They're a, they're a, they're a superb team. They're world class. They'll they'll fix it. And obviously, you know, Friday night was 
was pretty special for everyone that was there and everyone that watched it. So yeah, that's all we'll leave the rugby. Um, I'm sure that everyone that was there enjoyed it. What else have we got? I want to I bring him back. Would you rather, mate? We're doing it every week. Don't you dare forget it. Go on then. Don't you dare forget <laughs> it. Go on, I've got one would you rather question for you and then let's move on to sale Friday night. We'll release this on a Wednesday yeah. again, which leaves us with two days before the game. So team news will probably come out tomorrow, speaking ahead of time. Um, we'll, we'll move on to that in a little bit. My would you rather question, going back to football, as the Premier League returns this weekend as well. Not sure who the Albion have got, but Watford have got Liverpool. And I'll, go, I'll go back to my fond memories of beating them 3-0 at Vicarage Road. <laughs> Staying with football. You've got an away day to choose with Brighton. You're either away at Norwich with Webb or you're Ooh. away at Palace with Bombers. Oh, big one. You can bring Marcus Smith as backup if you need an extra Brighton fan. Well, this weekend, Brighton have actually got Norwich away at three have o'clock they, on Saturday. Have they actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, should re, we should redo this, Nat, like I actually knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, if I wasn't playing hockey, then we could text Webb. Webb, fancy? Get, get, get a better o'clock. Get a better one. Yeah. Um, I it's not as much on away days any good. I can't say I've done it, mate. Yeah, me well, neither. I mean, probably not. I mean, not. Web makes it look like quite good fun, but I would. I mean, obviously, given where I live, Sellers Park isn't a huge away day, but I would like to go and sit in the away end at Palace next to Domers and Marcus. You've got the rivalry, haven't you? And just tear it up. The motorway derby. I think that'd be class. The motorway derby, such a cop out. No, but it's you, not. It's but so you actually great. hate each other. Yeah, it's ridiculous. My dad won't say the word. Did you share a motorway? Of... Think about the M1 the... derby. How many teams are on the M1? Nah, boring, stupid. Ridiculous. My dad won't say the word Crystal Palace in a full sentence. <laughs> Can't do it. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, all right, then. That's enough football chat. Let's yeah. let's look ahead. Yeah, Friday night, away at sale. Last time we lost the game was away at sale, albeit we put out a bit of a second string team because we were looking ahead to the following week at home where we wanted to get five points to, to secure the playoffs. Bit of a different scenario this time. Sale look a shadow of their former selves last season. They don't look like they're, mm. they're up and running yet. They're still missing plenty of players, of course, from the rugby championship. They lost to Gloucester at the weekends. They scraped a draw with London Irish the week before. Big loss that's to Gloucester as well, isn't it? It is a big loss. loss. It is a big loss. Massive loss. And we're 15 from 15, having just pumped Bristol Bears, the tabletoppers from last season. What are your thoughts going into it? We'll do predictions in a little bit. But selection-wise, confidence-wise, where's your head at? I mean, it, we say it all the time, you know, other than Sarries, I think Sell are probably my least favourite side in the league. Agreed. And we also say it almost every time we talk about Sale, it's a pretty nasty place to go and play. Agreed. You know, the AJ Bell is not the most attractive place to go and play rugby, but it's probably why they've done so well or they've done you know pretty well for a long period of time is because they are tough to beat at home. Last time we went there, we got turned over fairly easily. I know, like you say, we had rested a number of players from our squad. Um, you know, Luke Wallace came back into the side that day from memory. Will Edwards started at 10. Um, Oscar Beard made his debut from memory as well, I think. And he yeah, did. look, he did, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at their squad now 
and it just it obviously misses a few names. Rafi Quirk, I actually think, is at nine is excellent. He's in with a shout of being in England squad. He is. Um, yeah. You know, they're missing the they're missing the South Africans. Of course, they are. Don't know. McGinty isn't playing at ten. I think that's a loss for them. I think he's excellent. Um, I think he got injured in the first couple of weeks. <sighs> it's almost like it's almost like we say every week. You know, if we rock up and and do what we do. They wouldn't be able to live with it. I mean, Sanderson isn't a big fan of ours. You know, came out in the media last year and you know called us sore losers. Something like he'll be hating guys. all the positive attention we're getting. Yeah, he'll be hating it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, that good. makes it way more satisfying. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, if I think think with my selection hat on, you know, Steph was I think close to being back. Yeah, just gone. that was one surprise from Bristol, wasn't it? I was confident that I'd, I'd heard from him that he was going to be back, but maybe his injuries tracking a little bit behind or a little bit more serious than he perhaps thought as well. I don't yeah. have a clue whether he'd be back for, for sale either. No idea. Um, so I'm going to, I mean, I'm, if I'm assuming he's not, for me, the pack doesn't change. I think Marla Walker-Carrot are looking pretty solid at the minute. They do, don't they? Sam Riley, Sam Riley's doing nicely coming off the bench. Um, Hughes Hizar's coming off the bench and then you know that the, the minute then we'll say everything else picks itself Simo um, Dino etc yeah I mean I'm really enjoying their partnership by the way before you move yeah, on to absolutely. the back row I really yeah, think absolutely. it's a great blend of of youth and experience but also the the agility and sort of dynamicness of Dino Lamb getting around the park and chucking it about as the ultimate Quinn's second row but then you've got the the, the wily general in the second row of Matt Simo just dominating collisions and taking line outs so I think as a parent I'm a big fan of those two yeah I mean I suppose the only potential out is maybe Tommy Allen is he going to be fit yeah I think he could I think it was, a, it, was a, it was a HIA but obviously he failed it so that means he'll have to go through some sort of concussion protocol how was it HIA? Back. I thought there was yeah it's, H, no, it's HIA alright well, I still think Marcus starts side. Kind of, I'd, ima- I'd imagine so. Yes. <laughs> what are you going to drop it? Talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a non-debate. That's a non-starter. But it just depends whether Tommy's in the twenty-two shirt or not. I think is the conversation yeah. here. And if he isn't, then I think do we maybe see Nick David come into the side? I mean, he hasn't played yet. Nick David. I mean, Hugh Jones as well. How does Nick um, David get? How does Nick David get in the side at the minute? Answer yeah, me that. Know. I do feel for Nick David. I do, I do think he, was, he must have been carrying a knock or something in the first couple of weeks, and that's obviously put him bottom of the pecking order. And now he hasn't got a look in, so he's definitely got a challenge to. I mean, maybe when worm his way in when international breaks come around and we lose, well, Lewis Marchant, whoever else, Tyrone maybe. Excuse me, Tyrone maybe goes to the wing. David fifteen. We'll see. Um, who else have we got? And Hugh Jones. You know, We've got ridiculous depth. So much depth in the minute. This is so weird, isn't it? We'll as well, be absolutely like, fine. We'll be absolutely and we haven't fine. seen the likes of you know Christian Scotland Williamson yet. I saw him in training. He's going to play. Did at some you? Stage. Did you really? I think I, I just I def well I definitely saw him walking around the ground, and he is massive. He is massive. He's like six he, seven, he, isn't he? He's he is six nine, huge, but six nine, I think six nine. Still don't know where Vili Army is. Sitting he's in, I think. This is mental. I know. What's going on? I know. Come on, Quinns, give us an update. All of our yeah. new signings. Tell you what, actually, um, lots of talk about new signings and who we haven't seen yet and Hugh Jones and Tommy Allen. 
Jack Walker, who I wrote off a little bit at the start and probably needed time to settle. I think he's settling in really well. And I think he's really adopting the way we play. And yeah. as a hooker, having to keep up with the play that we'll, the style of play that we commit to and, and chucking it about and, and putting his head down and, and carrying hard. I think he's doing a brilliant job. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's certainly, I mean, you know, silencing the critics is probably a little bit of a, a, a bit too a bit too bit too strong, but you know, he wasn't probably a bit too soon as well, but I'm definitely seeing some good progression from him. Yeah. And he's you know, we're looking pretty solid up front. Obviously it helps having two mountains next to him with mm. with Joe and um and, and Kez. But yeah. Um I spoke to Simon Carey after the game actually as well and he had a big old cut right down the middle of his schnoz. He's a good make, make sure you get that. He's a good lad. Really I think good that's lad. what's quite nice support. about our group actually. I think growing up I'd have gone to games or I've go to football games and you don't really get much out of players and there's yeah. something about this group they're just really approachable um, yeah. they make time for everybody and I think they genuinely mean it and they're genuinely interested in doing it as well so yeah I think that's what's special about the group and probably part of a winning culture is is having that kind of dynamic yeah. with players and fans so yeah shout out to, to Simon Coward on that one because he definitely definitely embodies that in terms of your selection then you're making one change yeah Marcus to start Marcus to start and everything else in the minute, everything else, everything How else can picks change itself. It? Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then I think you know, if, if Tommy's if Tommy's available, Tommy will, get, he'll, will be on the bench. And if he isn't, I'd imagine it'll be Hugh Jones. Nice, yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah, there's normally one or two that I would perhaps throw as a curveball or different bench. We don't need options, to do it, do we? And we've, said, and, we've, and we've said it for a few weeks now, you know, some of the best things about last year was the consistency of our selection. And if we get that again this year for however long we can keep the band together before they all get, you know, ripped and gutted, gutted out of us from, from England, etc. You know, just, just keep doing what we're doing. Just keep beating teams, keep pumping teams, keep sticking 50 on teams. I don't disagree right, I'm with you on that. In right, terms of confidence, I'm very confident. I do think at some point there will be an unexpected loss because that's the yeah there will. Court. But we've said this for we've said this for a couple of weeks now. At some point that twenty point deficit will come back to bite us and we won't score yeah. fifty in the second half. But you know, I just don't think can... it will be this Friday though. No, I mean either. I think we'll do them. I think we'll do them. I mean, how cool would it be going four from four, twenty from twenty? That'd be nice. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? What I love is it's it's either five points or we're not interested. Yeah, exactly. We, we, yeah. Only, we only operate in fives. We only operate in fives. Multiples of five. Keep the maths nice and simple. And then we've got Bath at home the week after who, are who should be more. Of... And then we've got Saracens, which and then should the big, be big unbelievably thrilling. That is a big rivalry summer. returns. Um, I think as much as in I'm, as all the home games I've looked at in the next two or three weeks, I've tried to get Dad up for the ticket. They're all sold out, which yeah, is great. I'm not surprised. Yeah, not surprised at all. We're not just delivering a rugby product, we're de delivering an experience. So yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you've given me your end result. Give me a score prediction. What kind of contest are you expecting? Is it tight? Is there going to be lots of tries? What's what's your score prediction? Um, I think we will score our five or six. They'll have two or three. I'd imagine it will be... I'm going to go somewhere in the high 30s to somewhere in the late teens. 38-19. I'm not, not too dissimilar from you. I think we'll get five. Yeah. 
which puts us around 35 mark. We don't do anything in threes, so that's going to leave me on 35. And then I think they'll get three, but I think they'll take a few three points as well. So I'm going to go 35-24, Quinns. Slightly closer. Slightly closer. It'll be another tough Friday night at the AJ Bell, and I hope that... You know the rugby lives up to the Friday night that we, we we were just treated to. It really was something quite special, and seeing people's faces and high fiving people in the stand in the seats behind me who I've never met before, and you know we were we gen we genuinely were treated to something that was quite remarkable. And we've I said it to a couple of people that I stood outside the pub with on Friday night, um, sipping my water. I said just enjoy it for as long as we can because it won't last forever, and this group won't last forever. But while we're here. Just enjoy it. And I, I sent a message to Dave Rogers at the end of it. He's like, I can't quite believe what I've just seen. And I said, mate, who cares? Enjoy it. And we'll do that for as long as we possibly can. And if it lasts the rest of this season and maybe a year after, we will keep enjoying it. And even when, we, even when it doesn't last, we'll, be, we'll, get, we'll get behind him. We'll reminisce on it. We'll reminisce <laughs> on it. And we'll think, about, we'll think back to all the good times. Well, look, that's been us. Thank you very much for listening. It's been a, um, a bit of a bit of an emotional episode because of what was just the most incredible Friday night and we hope to see you all again down at the stoop in a couple of weeks for those of you that are travelling up to sale safe travels bring the noise bring the colours bring the noise and if any of you want to borrow any, any flares do get in touch with <laughs> all of us. I'm saving that for the away day yeah fair enough well look I fancy, I fancy a five pointer 20 points four out of four come on the boys stay safe everyone thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time come on Quins. <laughs>